Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSIN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. This is Odds On. Femi and Bebefe filling in for Mike Palm, riding shotgun with Amal Shaw per usual. Amal, how we doing this morning? I'm doing well. Doing better now that my man Ryan Hunter's back in tow here. Him and his wife are on a lovely vacation. I'm glad they're back. I got my producer yelling in my ear on overnight <laughs> tennis. Doesn't know a clay court from a hard court, but all of a sudden, this guy's the next Novak Djokovic back there. Roland Garros, just a month away or so. Any early lean French Open? Uh, Rafa's going to play in uh, the tournament coming up here shortly, so I'd, I'd lean towards Rafa and Novak. Um, another guy to keep an eye on is Carlos Alcarez, so it should be interesting on the clay court. should be a lot of fun. Look at that. And it, it's it's April, and you didn't know that we're going to start the show with a little <laughs> bit of a French Open tip. Well, I, that's I, I, want to, I want to annoy our boss, John Goulet. <laughs> well, we'll get back on track here over the next 60 minutes here. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at Amal Shaw is where you can find them all. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. we got a great guest joining the show at 11.30 today. Frank Schwab, NFL and sports betting analyst over at Yahoo Sports, talking all things NFL draft. He's got some props, and I'm really curious to hear his rationale behind those bets. We continue our NFL draft preview, though, in 15 minutes. Who's drafting Malik Willis? Who's drafting Kenny Pickett? More head-to-heads amongst other things. Amal in and Femi's fire in about 45 minutes to end the show. But first, we begin with these NBA playoffs. I feel like there's been really good nights of basketball outside of about two or three nights of all the games have just absolutely del- delivered. I should say. And we saw another one deliver in Memphis last night, the Grizzlies 
with John Morant hitting the game-winning layup with one second to go. They beat the Timberwolves 111 to 109. Timberwolves cover plus six and a half. Game goes under, but Memphis takes a 3-2 series lead. Yeah, I thought this number has not been adjusted enough. We talked about it yesterday briefly, Femi. I think Minnesota deserves a lot more respect than they're getting. The one thing, though, I would question with Memphis is why not foul up three uh, with, uh, what, seven, eight seconds remaining yeah. in that game? It was a good uh, play, though, that drew up at it for Minnesota. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what the play is. Foul the guy before they even get to half court. You don't have to worry about it. you got to make the first free throw. I don't even know why there's an assumption somebody's going to make the first free throw. Miss the second free throw. Grab an offensive rebound. Kick it back out for a three and make that shot. So the number of things that have to transpire to beat you in that scenario, fortunately for them, John Morant was able to erase that mistake on the coaching side and really mm -hmm. did a tremendous job. But the T-Wolves continue to shoot the ball well from the perimeter. I think this is probably a series that's going to go seven games. It'll be tough for Memphis to close them out, but uh, mm -hmm. they'll have the opportunity uh, when they return to Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota shot 14 of 33 from beyond the arc there. John Morant, 30 points. He had 13 rebounds, 9 assists, but I didn't think he was playing particularly well. He was 9 of 22 from the field, but that dunk in the fourth quarter really, I think, ignited him and it ignited that crowd, which helped spark that run. Yeah, he, you know, I'll tell you what was more impressive is the 13 rebounds. Really did a nice job there, but um, at times, to me, Jaw's a bit of a volume scorer, and I think his yeah. team gets caught watching him play more than anything else. You know, you got a terrific player in Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson's been outstanding for this team all year long. There are guys on this team that can really play. The question is, uh, do they get caught ball watching with him sometimes? And that's the biggest challenge. Memphis opened two-point favorites for game six in Minnesota. That's now down to one on the consensus line. Total 228 and a half. Do you think we're going seven here? It feels like it. I think Minnesota's been there in every game. They could have won this game last night. They could have won game number uh, three, three in Minnesota. I mean, it's not like it's a scenario where you go, wow, they were very fortunate where we saw Brooklyn probably should have won the first two games in Boston or could have, but mm -hmm. then we're you know, not as competitive in games three and four where I think Minnesota has been there neck and neck. And you know, I was saying to somebody yesterday, Scott Seidenberg, I did his show, and I said, if you look at it from a Minnesota standpoint, this is a Memphis team that's had a great regular season. <clears throat> if you're in Minnesota and you can add one more piece in the offseason, you feel like now you're a top four team in the Western Conference. Yeah. I mean, they're not that far away from potentially even advancing. If they can get to a game seven, anything can happen. Especially if Anthony Edwards, if he takes another leap there next yeah. year. So he's been really good in his two years there for the Timberwolves. In the Western Conference, this one was the late night tip-off. We saw the Phoenix Suns get back on the right track, defeating the New Orleans Pelicans 112-97. to The Suns cover that six-and-a-half-point spread. Game goes under the total of 215-and-a-half there. But Chris Paul, once again, I don't know if he's taking the games off going every other night, but he was terrific last night in the win. Yeah, I thought he would be. I, I said that yesterday. I thought Chris Paul would play extremely well. He did just that. How about Bridges, though? 31 yeah. points in the performance for Phoenix. You know, he's a guy, I said coming in, this is a guy that's been underrated. People don't realize one of only five players in the NBA to play 82 games this year. You like his durability and the consistency to go out and compete every night. They did a nice job on Ingram, holding him to 22 points in this one. Balanced, though, from this, uh, you know, trio for New Orleans of 60 points with Valachunas and uh, McCollum, but they need more. I think mm -hmm. if you look at game number six, they're going to need about 75 points from these three guys if they're going to be able to force a game seven back in Phoenix. I don't think that it'll happen. I think Phoenix, a more complete basketball team, will find a way through in a hard-fought game. Yeah, that's what I was going to point that out there. It's only 42 or 43 combined points between McCollum and Brandon Ingram. And in a road situation, game five, you need more from that from your star players there. But right now, Suns minus 800, the series price. Pelicans plus 550. But you think this thing gets wrapped up in six games. We get minus 125 there. Suns to win this thing 4-2.
Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've got the number for game number uh, six in front of you. One and a half total, 214. Okay, so same price as the money line. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can find a discrepancy in some of these things and you try to take advantage of that. But uh, this one, the number being the same as what the uh, regular money line would be in game six. But I, I like the Suns here. I think they're going to win this game. I think they have had some hiccups in this series, but still good enough to close them out even despite not having Devin Booker in the lineup. Yeah, Suns money line almost feels like a pretty solid play in this game six. It, just, it feels like they just have more experience in this situation there. Suns going forward, though, with Booker on the sidelines, do you think that this team can win another series? It's, let's say Booker doesn't return until a game three or game four in the second round. Yeah, I, look, I think this team is very capable. As good as Booker is, um, they are very capable of beating whether it's Dallas, Utah. Um, who do they get next? Is it Minnesota? It'd be, yeah, it'd be, it'll be, it'd Dallas, be Utah or Dallas. Dallas, right? And so... They're very capable of winning that series without uh, Booker, but I think to knock off Golden State, you're going to need Devin Booker. I just think his efficiency on offense is too crucial, but I think the part that gets overlooked with this team is the other guys and how they contribute. The Miami Heat advanced to the second round last night with a 97-94 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks cover the four-and-a-half point spread. Game goes under the total. No Jimmy Butler. That was kind of a surprise there. The knee inflammation that he woke up with was ruled out for the game, so the Heat getting it done without Lowry and without Butler as they punched their ticket to the Eastern Conference semifinal. Yeah, Heat hurting me last night, blowing that lead going into the fourth quarter, had an 11-point lead, end up winning by three. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought two teams coming into the season that were a little bit overrated was Atlanta and the New York Knicks, and we kind of saw that with these two teams last year. Miami really taking care of business, really dominated this series, could have and should have won all five games but give the Heat credit. You know, it's important to close out these series as quickly as possible because you see now uh, the Bulls and Bucks looks like that series will probably come to an end. Boston did mm -hmm. it in four. Miami does it in five. But Toronto's in a situation where this thing could end up going seven. That would probably have been the one you would have never thought goes seven games when it was 3-0. Yeah, and that's, that, that was what we talked about yesterday. It's such a big advantage, the urgency for Miami to try to finish the series last night so they can get a little bit more rest for Kyle Lowry and apparently now needing a little bit more rest for Jimmy Butler here. But let's talk about tonight's games, though. We have two games tonight, Chicago-Milwaukee being one of them. The Bucks' big-time favorites, 12.5-point favorites at home in Game 5, almost indicating we're about to get that gentleman sweep there, total 217.5. What the hell is a gentleman sweep? I don't even understand it's what that is. a gentleman that... sweep. You can give them a game just to feel give good about themselves. Give them a game. I don't know what MFers you hang out with. I'm trying to kill everybody the minute I step on that yeah, 94 by are, 50. But are the Milwaukee Bucks trying to kill everybody? 100%. That, Giannis like is going to go down. One. Giannis is going to be an all-time player. This guy is going to absolutely – He listen, he's giving you a noogie in one hand. He's trying to dunk on your face in the other. Or was that in game two when they lost? They play 82 games in a season. You can't win a game. I haven't seen any team go 82-0 in history. Even MJ didn't go 82-0. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> Listen, they lose one game. The Bulls made the playoffs. It's not like they don't have players. Hey, like they say in college, the other team's got guys getting paid too. The other team's got guys on scholarship as well. The Bulls have been one of the worst teams in the, since the second half of the season in the league, not in the playoffs, in the league. Like the Chicago Bulls, are. this is not the team that we saw early on in the season. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. The Orlando Magic were probably the worst team in the NBA, right? Yeah. How did they manage to win a game this year? I mean, things happen, but in the regular season, things happen. In the playoffs, things don't really happen like that. The 88, 89 Lakers went 11-0. They get Byron Scott Magic get hurt. How many other teams have swept the entire playoffs like that? Uh, no, nobody's on. Nobody. That's, okay, let's move on then.
But we expect a little bit more from the defending champions. But tonight, Come on, in, in, this, in this spot tonight, though, laying 12 and a half with a total 270 and a half, you think they take care of business? I do believe they win the game. I think too high of a number. It's juiced up, yeah. Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, they really demolish them in the good numbers in games number three and four. I think this is a game they can probably cover, but I wouldn't lay it. I think there's some better opportunities out there, and I know the next game we'll get into here in just a second. Mm -hmm. I think it's one you would look at. And it's interesting, though, for the Chicago Bulls, we should mention this. Sham Sharani reporting that Zach Levine is out because he's in the COVID-19 protocols. Also, Alex Caruso now out for the Chicago Bulls in this game. So no Levine, no Caruso there. So it's probably going to be all on DeRozan and company to try to save their season. But that looks unlikely. I would agree with you there. If I'm DeMar DeRozan, I just go out there and chuck it. I mean, this is a game where you go out and you get 30 <laughs> shots up. You go for 50 if you can. I doubt it. But if you can, just go for it all. Just show that you're one of the elite players in this game. He's got an opportunity to do that. I mean, this is a guy that averaged 28 during the regular season. And without those two guys in there, it's going to have an impact. Quick thoughts. Let's advance Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Bucks celtics what do you think about that? It's going to be a great matchup. I yeah. still favor Milwaukee, though. I think they're a okay. more complete team. The experience down the stretch. The concern is Chris Middleton. Um, I just don't think that even with Williams in the lineup, they're going to be able to stop Giannis. I think Giannis is going to have a monster series. I think this team's going to be extremely effective. Uh, looking forward to that one, but I, I think it'll be Bucks in six. Also looking forward to the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. The VEASAN betting experts have put together everything you need to bet on the draft this week. The VEASAN NFL draft betting guide has mock drafts analysis for every NFL team, odds, and best bets for the first round. Get the VEASAN NFL draft betting guide today for only $10. Go to VEASAN.com slash draft. We're going to talk a lot about this draft coming up here on the other side here. A little prop action where these QBs going. We'll discuss it. This is Odds On on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. and this is 20 questions on deadline joining me today is allison Bree. welcome allison we got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album the one that was like you've already won me over oh that's a good one yeah it's a very of all slow the, of all the options in spite of me <laughs> like what did we do it's so slow don't forget to listen to 20 questions on deadline thank you again allison thank you Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vapes. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations 
nationwide. So visit Zyn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back. This is Odds On coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Amal Shah. We have Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports coming up in about 15 minutes. Cannot wait to talk NFL draft with him. But let's talk some NFL draft right now because we have some interesting props over at DraftKings. And the first one I wanted to ask you, Amal, to see if there's any value here is Georgia defensive end Trayvon Walker to be first overall and Malik Willis to be the first QB selected. You can get this at plus 120. Would that interest you? It would not. I appreciate the way you're trying to sell, uh, sell me on this when you got a future in car sales if this doesn't work <laughs> out. But I'll tell you, if, I mean, I said this yesterday. I'm going to stay by this statement. Look, unless you're extremely uh, you know, strong in your position or very confident one way or the other, I think this is probably the toughest draft to bet. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of good players, not really a ton of great players in this draft. I don't think a lot of this thing is clear cut. Uh, for me, it's not easy in terms of how you see guys and where they're going to be selected. I think there's a lot of things that will surprise people in tomorrow's draft in the first round and second and third round. So for me, I, I, like I said yesterday, I've really stayed away from most of these things. You know, look, if you like Walker, but would you be shocked at all? I saw a mock draft yesterday that had Iquanu going number one to yeah. Jacksonville. I, I don't think these things are far-fetched at this point in time that you could have potentially Hutchison, Walker, or Iquanu going there. Yeah, I think with these props, like these paired up props like that, I would almost identify the long shots because like that's kind of what you're saying. Like there's so much uncertainty. And I think from a TV standpoint, it's going to be one of the more entertaining drafts because I mean, think about last year. We knew all the picks pretty much. We knew Lawrence to the to the Jags. We knew Wilson to the Jets. We knew that the Niners were going to take a quarterback. Pitts to the Falcons. This draft, I think every pick can almost be like a hold your breath moment of, oh my goodness, who are they about to select? From an entertainment standpoint, it's going to be a lot of fun. But from a betting standpoint, that goes to show you the kind of uncertainty that we have here. To get plus 120 on that, I get it. If you if you get inside information that Walker's going to go one, right. then it's a good bet. But before that, we don't even know if it's going to be Walker. Yeah, you, you really believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars are leaking out who they're drafting? I'm sure they've told somebody, you know, hey, by the way, this is who we're going to take. Go ahead and make sure you disseminate that information. Yeah. You, you know, actually, as a matter of fact, the best thing is when you're the first pick, when you have the first pick, I would be sending out flyers and feelers that like, hey, we're taking guys X, Y, and Z that other teams want. So yeah. you might force their hand to move up and potentially trade with you. I think with the the needs Jacksonville has, the best thing is if they could move to eight or nine and potentially get, you know, another pick later on, it would benefit them more so than anything else. Yeah, or Trent Ball could be looking to see who leaks out of his organization. <laughs> Maybe he's telling different people within the organization we're going here or there. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. The NFL Players Association, to find out who was leaking salary information to USA Today, mm-hmm. gave every agent every player's salary listing. But what they did was they said, okay, Femi makes $5.5 million. Mm-hmm. But to somebody else, they gave Femi makes $7.5 million. So they went through, and that's how they were able they were to determine who, who leaked the information. It was one of the great things I've ever seen in my life. If I was a general manager and I was a new GM, that's kind of how I'd operate to see who I can trust, who I cannot trust. So when the print came out of all 1,500 players and the salaries, they went through it, which one the individual, like they'd given out 200 different people the mm-hmm. information, and they were able to decipher based on the one that was wrong, wow. they knew who the agent was. Yeah, that, that, that's... That's how you do it. Absolutely. In, in, in an era where it's smoke screens and it's lying season, this is the apex of lying season the day before the draft. Let's continue with some of these props, though. We have the Lions to select a quarterback in the first round at plus 300. I think I'd like a little bit more. What about you? Um, first round, uh, I would I would agree with you here because 
They have do those you, two picks. Right. No, no, no. I know that. But here's the thing. Do they really like Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett? I don't think uh, Will, maybe Malik Willis, but I think he'll be gone before that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I, I think they probably wait till next year, right? This team's probably not going to be that good. Next year, you're looking at two franchise quarterbacks in CJ Shroud yeah. and uh, Bryce Young. Uh, I think if you're the Lions, you should potentially wait for that. Yeah, that's the to select a quarterback in the first round. I, unless you think Willis is in play at two, and I don't think he is based on what we've heard now. Maybe the Detroit Lions have been putting out all sorts of misinformation to let folks not know what their plans are, but I don't believe that Willis is in play at two. Maybe somebody at 32 there, but... I, you know, the other thing with drafting a quarterback is who's not going to play right away, because remember, they have Jared Goff. Not like mm-hmm. he's some seller player, but my point being is you don't know what your return on investment on your quarterback is right away. With a player who plays a different position outside a quarterback, you're going to be able to tell within 12 to 24 months if this guy's going to be able to contribute for you, barring potential injuries. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point there. Texans only draft defense in the first two rounds, plus 175. They have multiple picks in the first 13 picks here, and then another pick in the second round, but only defense in the first two rounds, plus 175. Yeah, from a number standpoint, that sounds pretty good. Right, like plus 175, there might be a couple of guys up there that really intrigue them, depending on how they evaluate guys. But here's the biggest issue with this whole thing, and this is where I think you have to take advantage of the plus prices. They're looking at it from the fact that the Texans were weak offensively. Mm -hmm. I get that. So you're going to go offensive line, potential receiver, but there's enough receivers in this draft that you can get somebody later Later on. on, But if there's an intriguing defensive player that were to take a precipitous fall and you say he's available, you may take him. You know, how do what the teams evaluate uh, individual players as what their scouting department sees it as we have no clue and so a lot of this stuff is speculation I mean look you can really smash the books or you can get smashed in terms yeah. of the draft and in terms of the props and I think too with Houston it's trying to decipher what they're doing because I feel like we're hearing stuff about Detroit about Jacksonville we're not hearing much about Houston and their general manager Nick Casario comes from New England where they t- like to keep things close to the vest if you can identify that they're going to take a defensive player at three I think maybe just Bet that. Bet, like, Derek Stingley to go third overall or bet Ahmad Gardner to go third overall. I think you'd get a better price than having to sweat out pick three, pick 13, and whatever else they do in the second round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough to gauge. And, again, you know, guys you see flying. I, look, remember, I saw Kyle, Ham- Kyle Hamilton a month ago, which I thought was a joke. No safeties going number two. <laughs> yeah, right? He was going, like, I, to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm trying to think. Don Rogers went to the Browns in 85. I think he might have been two. Or Eric... Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, the kid out of UCLA, I forgot his name now, but, um, you know, you go back and you look, the safeties are not going to, I mean, the best safety I've seen in the last 20 years was probably Sean Taylor yeah. and Sean Taylor went number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it's a position that's not valued. I mean, yeah. Jamal Adams went six, I believe it was to the Jets. That clearly He's worked played out like for them. He should have been drafted 60th. <laughs> or maybe drafted to play defensive end because that's all he does is rush the yeah, passer. Exactly. Uh, the Chiefs to select offensive players with both of their first round picks plus 350. Uh, offense players. No, I I think they'll go defense. They need to go defense here for sure on the, uh, they got to get an edge rusher or they need somebody in the secondary. I mean, how many times are we going to see Daniel Sorensen's back of his Jersey? He's at, I think they, they cut him now. I believe he's good. I I mean, my question is what took so long? (laughs) I mean, last last year, how many times were you looking back and you see, it's like seeing the brake lights on Daniel Sorensen. (laughs) I, I don't even think they use both of these picks. I actually think they're going to move up in the draft, so I would not bet that at plus to, 350. To go where? Uh, to, to, I think they're going to go up to maybe if they want to take a receiver or if they want to take – I just think that they're probably their thought process is that they have, I think, 12 picks or so. All 12 of those rookies are not going to make their roster, so I think they're going to be active in terms of trading. I could see them moving up to maybe the teens, something like that, to maybe get a receiver of their choice. 
I, if I'm Kansas City, I'm not moving up to get a receiver. I got Patrick Mahomes. You give me somebody in the third round, as long as they can catch the ball yeah. once, uh, we'll fast. be fine. Yeah, I mean, to me, they got to go defense. They can't stop anybody. I mean, it took a miracle uh, execution against can, uh, against, against the Bills against yeah, yeah, to put themselves in field goal range. I would go defense. They really got to get better. Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett both selected in the top 10 plus 400. No, but um, again, if you get to seven and eight, and if there's players, if those guys aren't selected, maybe two teams say, hey, we want to jump up. We like this guy. Uh, I think this is a little bit more of a stretch because I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people see Kenny Pickett uh, maybe being as good. Malik Willis got good arm strength. By the way, can we stop with these pro days where these guys work out in wife beaters and shorts? I mean, when was the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes step on the field with no shoulder pads, <laughs> no helmet, and a wife beater? Only doing warm-ups, I think. <laughs> I, I, to, there's... There's track speed and there's football speed. Yeah. I, I want to see guys run with pads on because you know what? Nobody's running in shorts out there. They got pads on. Have them work out in a similar environment. You know, Vince Lombardi has the greatest quote of all time. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Johnny Manziel's the only guy who I've seen wear the shoulder pads and a helmet at his pro day. And clearly it didn't work out for Johnny Manziel. But I don't know why more guys or more teams don't request that guys do that. Well, I agree with you. Listen, you knew it wasn't going to work out when Johnny Manziel, when everyone was excited when he threw that ball into triple coverage against Alabama and it was complete, and they it said was, it was a great play. Yeah, I a, didn't realize Hail Mary's <laughs> on third down in the middle of the field are great plays. Like, let me throw it up to Mike Evans real quick. <laughs> yeah. He's taller than everybody on the field. Wonder if he's going to catch it there. Uh, but real quick, Willis, team to draft him. The Panthers are the favorites at plus 250. Steelers plus 300. Lions plus 350. Falcons and the Seahawks also plus 350. Saints plus 650. Yeah, God bless you if you can nail the team. I know the Panthers told Sam Darnold that, hey, they're going to look at potentially taking quarterback. <laughs> telling Sam Darnold, the thing you should be telling Sam Darnold is, hey, listen, there's a possibility you'll be on the roster. That's the only thing you should be telling Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, that's Panthers. I don't know if it'll be them because I think they're going to want to trade back. Maybe New Orleans. They do have those two first round picks after the trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get back to more of these later on in about 45 minutes, right at the 45 minute mark, I should say. But on the other side of the break, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports, NFL and sports betting analyst is gonna join us to talk a little about these NFL draft props. Don't go away, this is Odds On. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VSIN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSIN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sports books in Vegas and across the country. Download the VSIN Best Bets podcast now at slash podcast or wherever. You get your podcast. Welcome back. This is Odds On coming to you from the Circa Resort in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. We've been talking a little draft props and to help us talk some more draft props. He is an NFL and sports betting analyst over at Yahoo Sports. You know him by the name of Frank Schwab. Frank, we appreciate you joining us this morning, the day before the draft. And we know you got some draft props. So I got to start with these quarterbacks. How many are we going to see go tomorrow night? Am I crazy to think it's going to be a really, really low number? Like this, you know, everybody talks about, okay, you know, quarterbacks get pushed up in draft. I totally get that. But this reminds me of the 2013 draft, and that was the E.J. Manuel draft, where we were talking ourselves into guys like Geno Smith, Ryan Nassib, uh, Matt Barkley, like all these guys. 
and it ended up just being EJ Manuel. The Bills pretty much regretted that immediately. So <laughs> I look at this quarterback crew and I say, which of these guys do you really truly believe is your quarterback for the next 10 years? Do we think the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, New Orleans Saints, even Tennessee Titans, because Tannehill's getting older, do we really think any of these teams look at Kenny Pickett and say, that's my guy for the next 10 years. I could totally see him being a Pro Bowl level quarterback. I just don't think so. So why spend a first round pick on him? And I get that we're handicapping what teams are going to do and not our personal opinions on guys. Mm -hmm. But I just look at this quarterback class and see, say, I can't see four of them going in the first round. I don't even know that I see three. And in a crazy, crazy scenario, could we see zero or one? I, I don't think that's insane because which of these guys really impresses you? I guess Malik Willis with the upside, but I, I don't love any of these guys. I just don't. And we're all talking ourselves that, oh, somebody's going to overdraft. Somebody's going to. Why? Well, you can look at the second round and get a similar guy, Desmond Ritter or whoever, or just say, you know what? If we stink this year, who cares? The 2023 draft is pretty good with quarterbacks. We'll just wait until then. First of all, you mentioned that 2013 draft, Frank. I was just looking it up. My God, that has to be one of the worst drafts in history. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's awful. The Art Fisher draft. I think it was. Yeah, yes, it, it was. reminds mm -hmm. me of that. And I got kind of a, a little bit of grief for saying it was a bad draft the other day, but it's a bad draft. Like, I. <laughs> Who, who which impact guys are here? Who gave you grief on that? DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the only good player? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about this draft. This draft. This oh, okay. No <laughs> draft. I don't think this draft is any good. I just, there's some good players that are going to come out of it, but it's not like one of those, wow, Aiden Hutchinson's going to light the world on fire. Like, he's a good, solid player, but I don't, I don't love this draft. I think there's very few impact guys coming. I, I echo the same sentiments you did before you came on air, and I tend to agree with you. Uh, I have a question specific to the New Orleans Saints. Are these guys playing Monopoly at home, you know, where you'd make up rules as you progress? Because how do they have first-round picks? They've done such a poor job with so many of their picks. I still go back to that Marcus Davenport. Is Marcus Davenport still even in the league? Not barely. I, how would you know? I mean, he has, doesn't do anything on Sundays. So they're just that team. They're they're impulsive. They're like the Rams, but they don't do it well, where they're just like living life on a credit card all the time. And, and they're just like, this was the year I thought, just blow this thing up. You, you started the offseason $75 million over the salary cap or whatever. Just start this rebuild. You ain't got Drew anymore. You don't got Sean Payton. And then they just go, well, let's trade a future first for a, a, another first-round pick in a bad draft. Okay, what, what are you even doing anymore? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand a big picture here other than they're just impulsive. They just don't, – don't put the New Orleans Saints at a grocery store with that stuff you see right before you check out. Like, they'll buy it all. They'll buy it all. It's like – they just there's never seems to be much of a plan with the Saints other than what's in front of their you know six inches in front of their face. But we're speaking with Frank Schwab, NFL and sports betting analyst over at Yahoo Sports. Uh, you have a prop under on a specific cornerback out of LSU, and I want to kind of pair this up with what are the Houston Texans going to do? Because I've heard some rumblings that he might be going down to Houston. There is that kind of what you're eyeing, or do you think he just goes under the prop there of eight and a half? Yeah, I, I don't know specifically about Houston because goodness knows what. What Houston's going to do? Like, <laughs> who could predict that? But my colleague Eric at home, who's really plugged in, I, unfortunately, last week I was in Florida, where there's no legal betting, obviously. And he told, he's texting me, like, dude, Derek Stigley's going to go much lower than anybody, or much higher, you know, in the top three, top five, whatever, than anybody thinks. Get this prop down. And I couldn't get it down at the time. So I get back and all the odds have changed, but I still like it. I, I do think. He's probably the guy who we're sleeping on the most. I just think his upside is there. You go back to his freshman tape at LSU. Yeah. He's like a heck of a football player. And Sauce Gardner, nothing against him. He's a good football player, too. But I just think teams are going to see the upside with Derek Stingley. And even if the Texans do Texans things and go completely crazy off the board, I just don't see Stingley last into the ninth, tenth pick. I, that seems 
really unlikely to me in this draft where there's just not a ton of top 10 talent. By the way, I just want to interject this, Frank, since you mentioned doing Texans things. Nothing will ever supersede declining a penalty on third down and 10 and punting on fourth and one. But um, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That's still my favorite play of the NFL season from last year. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> I want to ask you real quickly, when you look at this draft, I have only one bet. Receivers, and I took it about a month ago in terms of over five and a half. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a great bet. I just made a small bet on it in the first round. But is there anything that stood out to you from a betting standpoint? we got about six hours left here in Vegas. I, I thought this is one of the tougher drafts to bet simply because we don't know. A lot of it's all conjecture. You don't really know what's honest and what's uh, disingenuous. Is there anything that you think, hey, this is one that maybe people should get down on? And only just fading quarterbacks. I okay. mean, whatever you got. Uh, Tyler Lock, or uh, not Tyler Lock, Kenny uh, Pick. I don't know why I said Tyler Lock. Kenny Pickett over. Malik Willis, as much as I like his talent, over. Under on how many guys go in the first round. I will say, though, the one prop I did take, and I think, I do like is Drake London going to be the first receiver taken. And that's about plus 200 right now, plus 225 in that area. Because I don't, I don't, I, Garrett Wilson might go be the first receiver off the board, but I could see a team saying, we need a true X. And I think that team might be the Jets, actually. We need a true X receiver. We're not taking the guy who's 5'11, 190 pounds for that. We already got Elijah Moore, similar. Let's go Drake London, the kid who's 6'3, 220. He's the more prototypical guy. So I can see that happening. Um, but it, you're right. This it's it's one of those drafts where if you have angles, if you have if you feel strongly about, I really like this guy in this spot. Go bet it because you're going to be getting good odds because anything can happen in this draft. Yeah. I really like we say that it's <clears> kind <throat> of what just something we say. But with this draft, like pretty much after you get past even the first pick flipped on Monday, which uh, the odds yeah. on it anyway, and we all thought it was Agent Hutchinson for a month, and then all of a sudden like no, Travon Walker, we're going to wake up and he's minus three hundred to go first overall. Anything could happen in this draft, starting even at number two. I mean, I know, you know, I was listening to, to Gil's podcast, you know, for Vison, and he was talking about those guys love Thibodeau at number two. And I was like, I can't see it because Hutchinson, everybody loves Hutchinson at two if he's there. But if that happens, like all bets are going to be off. Or Cross going in the top five. Or, I mean, you could talk yourself into so many different scenarios. I just think it's going to get really tough. So, hey, if you got an angle, you, you're going to get some plus odds. You're going to get good odds. But, boy, it, it is hard to pin down what that's, what that's going to be. You you mentioned Thibodeau. I like Thibodeau better than Hutchison, but I don't mm-hmm. believe Detroit yeah. would take Thibodeau <clears throat> at two. I don't think Charlie Casserly is in the room where they're going to sit there and say, we're going to take Mario Williams instead of Reggie Bush. <laughs> I think it's very difficult if you're in Detroit to not take a guy from 30 minutes up the road whose yeah. father played at UM. They still live in the area. Look, I, you sit there and say, what the hell does that have to do with Sundays? Sometimes you're not just drafting for Sundays. You're drafting for selling tickets the other six days of the week. And I think that's a factor when you look at Aiden Hutchison, the success he had at Michigan, and how intertwined UM and Detroit are in that community. Yeah, and and you have to, if you make a pick like that, it better work because yeah. you're never going to hear yeah. the end of it. If if Aiden Hutchinson goes on to the Jets or whoever, and he has a great career, five, six, seven Pro Bowls, and Thibodeau's not the guy, you're never going to hear the end of it. He was in Ann Arbor. How do you not take him? He's a Michigan man. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think that even if you do, if you have those guys similar, you might just take the Michigan guy. It just, for the the... It just gets in your head. You're hearing yeah. about him all the time. He's right down the street. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I just – I can't see them passing on Aiden Hutchinson if he's there at number two. I'd be I'd be absolutely blown away if that happened. Frank, we got about 90 seconds left. Amal and I were talking about Kyle Hamilton in the last segment and how safeties mm-hmm. tend to get a little bit devalued. And he's been a guy that's been, quote-unquote, falling over the last month. But you're pushing against that. Yeah, I think – 
I think some team in the top 10, 11, I think his, his, his prop is at 11 and a half now. I think some team's just going to say, you know what, why are we devaluing safety? Safety's a, if you can find a versatile safety, I'm not talking about your Jamal Adams, who's just a box safety. I'm talking about a guy who can do everything, a Derwin James type. And I see Kyle Hamilton as that type of player. He can play deep, he can play in the box, he can cover, he can tackle, he can do it all. I don't care about his 40 time. This kid plays fast. He's a good player. And I think some team in the top 11 is going to say, why would we be devaluing safety? We should be upping the value of safety in the modern NFL where teams have these chess piece Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. type of tight ends. Here's how we combat that. We have a Kyle Hamilton. We have our chess piece on defense. You could do so much if you've got a guy like that, a versatile player like Kyle Hamilton. So maybe it's just my personal feeling getting in the way because, again, we're trying to handicap what the teams are going to do, not necessarily what I think. If I'm an NFL team, I draft Kyle Hamilton top 10. I think he is that. I think my, my guy Eric Edholm, who I talked about before, he has him as his number two overall prospect. And I, I pretty much in lockstep with that. I think he's a top three player in this draft. And I think he goes top 10. Real quick in about 15 seconds. Who's going one? Is it Walker or is it Aquano or maybe Hutchinson still? I, I guess Walker at this point. I'm not going to go against minus 300 on the betting market. My goodness. I've never seen something change like that the week of the draft. <laughs> crazy, crazy draft this year. Yeah, there's been about five or six guys who've been the favorite to go number one overall. It's been that kind Spencer of NFL Rattler. Draft. Spencer Rattler <laughs> yeah. was the first one. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Indeed. He is Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. Frank, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Good stuff from Frank there, and we'll digest it. We'll talk about it, and we'll also talk a little bit NBA on the other side. Final segment, Odds On, coming up here on VCNV Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers gives you more reasons to root, root, root for the home team with a 20% profit boost on all MLB games. Log on today and place your bets on the money line, point spread, or who will hit the long ball, and you will earn a 20% profit boost on any baseball game. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Peanuts and hot dogs not included. Log on to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app and place your bets. Yeah, peanuts and hot dogs, man. I mean, I wish they were a little bit included. Get a nice little snack. Well, they're not going to be able to give you the 20% based on what they charge at stadiums for peanuts and hot dogs. That is very fair. Uh, welcome back to this final segment of Odds On. Femi Bebefe and Mall Shaw. We're hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino, and we're at the 45-minute mark, which means it is t- time, folks, 
Amal in. Got one play here tonight in the association. I think the Golden State Warriors, line's actually eight and a half on this one. Um, and I would take uh, Golden State minus the eight and a half here. I think they destroy uh, this uh, <clears throat> Nuggets team in this one here. So I, I like Golden State. Golden State to close it on out. I have a Golden State to win 4-1 ticket at plus 350. So I will be rooting with you in this game as well. Hopefully the Warriors can get it home. I also think that my record is transposed here. It should be 72-53-2, and 53 and two, but we'll confirm that afterwards for tomorrow. We'll get it situated. We'll get it situated. I know Mike Palm's coming back here. He'll make sure we get that situated yeah. for you. Anything from the Palm Raider? Uh, no, he's been busy with the American Gaming Association, sitting on the board of trustees or board of directors. I'm not exactly sure, but all I know is if you can get on any board in America, do so. <laughs> Stealing for a living should be the title of being a board of directors. I'm sure you'll have some fun stories from those board meetings. No, you actually tomorrow. won't. They can't tell you anything oh, because wow. otherwise then they can't steal the money that they're stealing. Fair enough. Uh, Just telling you how it is. <laughs> Why do you think all these guys walk out with golden parachutes? Your buddies are the ones who sign off on the deals. <laughs> that is Amal in who's now bringing the fire. Uh, it's supposed to be Femi's fire, and we'll do Femi's fire here right now. And I gave out a draft prop yesterday. I'm going to give out another one here today. I've mainly been betting the NFL draft, but I'm going to go over one and a half for Aiden Hutchinson. I bet minus 280, also bet minus 315. And it's punitive. Those are heavy prices to pay, but I think you can't be as scared of the juice when it comes to NFL draft betting. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's down to two players for them. It's either Trayvon Walker or Ikima Kwanu. Hutchinson, as much as he was the number one guy for much of this draft process, I don't think he's in play anymore. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network has said that he thinks Hutchinson can't go number one. So at those prices, I'm going to go ahead and take the over on Hutchinson at one and a half. I think it's Iquanu or Walker leaning towards Walker to be the first pick, but we don't have that clarified. So instead, I went with Hutchinson over one and a half. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I don't think Hutchinson goes number one in this draft. Um but I didn't believe he was going to go number one to begin with. I just didn't know who would be the other party that goes first. Yeah, yeah it's a, and I think he'll be a good player. But, I mean, I don't know if he's that wow guy that teams are looking for at number one there. It's Balky clearly doesn't like him. If you go back and look at stats, and I looked at five guys from the Big Ten that were guys that played on the edge and that have had great success in the NFL so far. Um, the Watt brothers, TJ mm -hmm. and JJ, uh, Nick and Joey Bosa, yep. and Chase Young. All these guys had better numbers than Jay, uh, than Aiden Hutchison. And to me, I just don't think he's in that category of players. Yeah. People try to make those comparisons because he wears the 97 and, and all that and other similarities, but I don't think Hutchinson is in line with the Bosa brothers by any means, at least from what I saw from the Bosa brothers in college and what I saw from Aiden Hutchinson over at Michigan. We didn't have time to get to Kenny Pickett's team to draft him, but I thought it's interesting because the Carolina Panthers are plus 150 to draft Kenny Pickett. The Saints plus 200, Steelers plus 350, Seahawks plus 500, Falcons the same, Titans 15 to 1 here. You know, again, I look, I get that everyone thinks the Panthers are going to take a quarterback, but this is speculation. It's not about Darnold and the fact that they don't have a quarterback for the long term. But do they really like Kenny Pickett enough to draft him here? That's the question you got to ask yourself. And I don't know if they do or they don't. We, we really don't know. I, I don't think too many teams are giving you that information to let yeah. you know, hey, this is what we like. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't get it. Also, do we know if David Tepper likes Kenny Pickett? Because he's a Pitt alum, but he could have been cussing him out in a, a, every Saturday saying, this guy's not good enough to get us to a national title. It's, like, it's, everyone's making that connection. 
it might not be a good thing that Tepper has watched Kenny Pickett for four years. Is is Tepper a Pitalum or Carnegie Mellon? Uh, Pitalum. Oh, he is. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think you could become that rich if you went to that school. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> Carnegie Mellon makes more sense, right? If you went to the B school at Carnegie Mellon, it makes more sense. Yeah, he is a Pitalum, and he's watched a lot of Kenny Pickett. Now, maybe he loves him. But maybe he doesn't. I think the other side of the coin isn't being discussed as much. He got his much. graduate degree at Carnegie Mellon. There you go. Yeah. There you I was going to say, no he way he was an undergrad. Up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a graduate school at Pittsburgh. No, you're only going to grad school at Pittsburgh if you didn't get it anywhere else. The Pitt Panthers who are watching just catching strays out here. Just improve your academic standing. That's it. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some of these head-to-heads that I think are pretty interesting uh, here. Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker III? Because these are running backs. We talked about Kenneth Walker III all throughout the college football season. He was once a Heisman favorite. Brees Hall, though, was the kind of the do-everything guy out of Iowa State. Hall is the one that minus 250, the favorite to be the first running back selected, while Walker plus 225. Any value on either one of these guys? Uh, you know, for me, it's tough. I think, again, it goes to preference. But I like Brees Hall a little bit better. Walker mm-hmm. is a speed guy. I don't know how effective he'll be between the tackles at the NFL level. I'll tell you the guy that I really like. He's not going to be the first running back selected. I really like James Cook. He's uh, smooth, man. Yeah, he really is. I like him a lot. You see his brother Dalvin's had a tremendous yeah. success in the NFL. Isaiah Spiller, I-, I think, is a good running back. I think he's underrated. I think, you know, it's hard to say a guy playing in the state of Texas would be underrated. But at A&M, sometimes you don't get the fanfare in the SEC yeah. West. But I-, I thought Isaiah Spiller was a really good tailback. I like him a lot. I think all four of these guys are really good. But to me, Brees Hall would be the first guy selected um, in terms of who has the best career, I don't know, but I, I can see Brees Hall having six or seven touchdowns as a rookie. I think he's a guy that can really pound the rock in tight spaces. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot, what he could do for some team. Yeah, I think his pass-catching ability is why he's emerged as the favorite to be the first running back selected. We know that NFL teams love pass-catching running backs. It's almost like the running is the third thing. They say, hey, can you pass protect? Can you catch the ball? And then can you run the football? And Brees Hall checks all of those boxes. Also, I heard... Uh, an analyst talked about the running back saying that none of them should go in the first round, but a lot of them could be good. I forget the analyst who said it, but they said about they liked about seven or eight of these running backs to be productive in the NFL. So that is a good sign for teams who need running backs on day two or day three. Our guest, Frank Schwab, said that he has Drake London as the first wide receiver to be selected. Well, London is plus 110 and a head-to-head with Jamison Williams. Are you in agreement there? Plus 110 on the USC wide receiver? Well, I would take Jamison Williams. I mean, I would take Drake London before Jamison Williams simply because Jamison's coming off the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson's a guy that could go first as the uh, first wide receiver as well. But I get the affinity for Drake London. I mean, this guy's, uh, you know. He's big, man. He is a big dude. He is tough. If you go back and watch SC, this guy is tough. He, he is a guy I want on my team. Matt Corral, same toughness. I, I like these guys both a lot. Um, I think Drake London, if he can stay healthy, can be a really impactful player. Um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Jamison Williams. I was thinking back. I saw a photo the, uh, yesterday on social media. Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave in the same receivers room two years ago. Insane. I mean, it, it's it's really incredible. <laughs> Insane. We saw that a few years ago. The Ohio State had the first three guys that were in the same uh, team with yeah. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Akuda. But for me, I think Drake London's a guy that I think a lot of teams probably like. I mean, he is big. He is strong. 88 catches in eight games for the Trojans last year. This guy can be a real difference maker in the red zone. He can really back shot. Remember, Drake played on the SC basketball team. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's just a guy who's big. This guy's an athlete. He's I mean, agile. Yeah, I mean, he can throw down some windmill dunks like you've never seen. So this is a guy I, I would not be surprised at all if he's the first receiver taken. 
I have some Jamison Williams plus 850 to be the first wide receiver selected, hoping that a team can ignore the ACL injury because he has that speed to take you over the top. But you've been early on Garrett Wilson. You talked about it during the college football season, how you liked Wilson more than Olave. Wilson's the favorite to go first out of these wide receivers here. You still high on Wilson at the next level? I am. I, I said when Ohio State played Alabama, outside of the two quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Justin Fields, I thought Garrett Wilson would wind up the longest career of any of the players in that game. And to me, uh, you know, obviously there's some other guys emerging for both sides. Will Anderson for Alabama, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. But go back, and if you get a chance on YouTube, it's an incredible catch if you don't recall it. Um, the Ohio State game against Clemson where Garrett Wilson makes the catch on the opening drive. On that catch alone, I said, this guy should have walked off the field and said, I'll see you guys in April 2022 <laughs> at the draft. I mean, that catch alone, you, you go, this guy's a first-rounder. Tremendous athletic ability, and what I love about him is he catches the ball at the apex yeah. of the football. I mean, it, it's really unbelievable. Real quickly, we've got about a minute left. Um, VGK over on the ice, the NHL. We're close to pouring one out for them. I mean, it sounds like they need the Dallas Stars to lose because if the Dallas Stars win, VGK is knocked out of the playoffs. It's been a rough year for our Golden Knights here locally. Uh, you think they end up uh, being on the outside looking in? Well, first of all, they need Dallas to not go to overtime. If Dallas yeah, goes right. to overtime against Anaheim or against the Coyotes, they host the, the Yotes tonight. Uh, Stars are minus $5. They're going to win this thing. It's done and dusted. And you look at... Uh, uh, BGK had some opportunities. They missed it. I think they missed six or seven shots in the uh, shootout last night. So, stars moving on. Uh, BGK, listen, I'm not worried about it. I'll I tell you one thing. They're the only people in town that didn't want the Raiders coming here. <laughs> that is indeed the truth. That does it for us here on Odds On. Thank you to Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports for joining the show. For Amal Shah, I'm Femi Bebefe. Coming up next, betting across America, Pritch and Josh Applebaum. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.